This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. gonna admit something about this movie which is that I didn't know that this movie existed until you added it to our list and clarified that it was not the Anne Hathaway version oh wow I'm glad I clarified although that would have been really funny for us to be talking about totally different movies we have mentioned that on multiple episodes now where it's totally possible for us to have watched two different movies and I'm waiting for the day that it happens. Although I'm so paranoid about it that I do like gut check that like I'm watching the right thing. One day it's going to happen and it's just going to be a glorious episode. I know. I think that we'll just have to let it ride. I feel like it makes sense that the Anne Hathaway version of The Witches was a remake Uh, Looking at it through that lens, I was like, oh, I feel like I understand this movie better. And also there was like this little renaissance of like Roald Dahl movies (laughs) in the 90s. So of course the 90s were kicked off with a Roald Dahl adaptation. I've watched it as a really little kid. So when it came out, I would have been six. I don't remember the first time I saw it, how old I was, where I was who I was. (laughs) I just remember I really, really liked it. And then in my little like kid brain, I feel like a few years went by. I wanted to watch it again, but I couldn't remember what it was called. I was like, I want to watch that weird movie with the mice and the woman who peeled her face. And I really liked it. It was weird, but I don't remember what it was called. And I, and we didn't have the internet. Plus I was six or however old I was. Yeah. (laughs) Ten. And I think one day it was just on the Disney Channel and I finally got to rewatch it and I was just so happy. The plot came together a little bit better for me as well. I love those like tucked away movies that you watch as a kid and then at some point later you realize like what that movie is and it just kicks off all that nostalgia. I was a huge World Doll fan as a kid. Mm. I had read The Witches story when I was in elementary school last year, not that long ago, I watched the remake with Anne Hathaway when it came out and was blissfully ignorant <laughs> that there was any other adaptation. I was really glad. And I want to, I just want to talk about this movie. Let's get the plot out of the way so we can dive in. This movie has some characteristically dark elements from yes. Roald Dahl. <laughs> so it's about a little boy and his grandma After his parents die in an accident, this little boy and his Norwegian grandmother are vacationing in England prior to going back to America. And this grandma is, she seems very folksy, superstitious about witches. She's telling her grandson all about how to spot witches, that they kidnap children, they want to kill children. And so he's very primed to be on the lookout for witches. And when they go on this vacation in England, it just so happens that there is a convention of all of the witches in England. All them witches. Convening in one and the same hotel that they are staying at. And Luke, the grandson, he is 
convinced that he has to defeat all of these witches, especially after they turn his hotel friend Bruno into a mouse. I'm really glad that you've read the book. There will be some questions that pop up where I want to know if this is in the book or if it's just something that the director went wild with. Some things I will be able to comment on, but specific details. It's been a while. It's been like 20 plus years since I've read this story. I won't hold you to it. Okay, great, great. This adaptation I thought was really cool because it was produced by Jim Henson. And Road Dahl was sort of around, right? I mean, how involved was he in this movie? He was very involved. It makes me sad thinking about Roald Dahl's involvement in this movie. This movie was directed by Nicholas Roach, R-O-E-G. Came out in 1990. 30 years before the remake. Wow. Roald Dahl was available as a consultant. He read the script. They shot two endings to this movie. Oh. They shot an ending that's book accurate. And Roald Dahl was so moved seeing it that he cried when watching it. And oh my then gosh. test audiences didn't like it. Oh. And so they filmed a second version with oh, a happy man. ending. Because I know it, the mice stay mice. Yeah. So spoiler alert. And I love this ending in the original and in the remake, actually. The remake keeps them as mice too. Yeah. So the second version that they filmed has an ending where one of the witches turns out to be good, very not rolled doll. There's not good witches in the rolled doll universe. And she comes back and she turns them back into little boys. Roald Dahl absolutely hated this ending. He hated it so much. He actually threatened to have a negative publicity campaign against the movie if they kept oh, the no. ending. And the only reason why he didn't was because Jim Henson asked him, like, as a friend not to. Oh, yeah, and this was the last movie adaptation that came out before Roald oh, died. Oh, no. Bummer. I know. He didn't even get to see Matilda. Oh, man. Matilda is fantastic. That's definitely my favorite. Matilda's so Road doll movie, yeah. James and the Giant Peach was also really cool. Yes, there's so many cool Roald doll adaptations that came out in the 90s and even into the 2000s. But the last movie that came out... He, he hated and so he went to his grave hating the uh, movie adaptation that is so sad another bummer note is that jim henson died the same year yeah boy what a bummer i think we get to see a little bit of luke peen in the, yes. the revised ending right i thought yeah. that was kind of funny oh my god i was watching this movie with mike and i was like wait, did we just see his penis? And Mike was like, there's no way. And I was like, I'm not backing up to verify <laughs> that was wrong. But yeah, he's like full frontal naked for like a half a second. He's like glowing and you see the outline of his penis. I, I'm going to stand by it. I think you do. I was like, that's a choice. That's a choice to not have him wear some tidy whities during that transition glow effect. But all right. The director relied a lot on external validation for this movie. This movie was pretty heavily test screened with audiences mm. before it was released. And also the director would show it to his son. His son was elementary school aged. And his son and like other children who watched it found the original cut to be like 
actually terrifying. And so the movie version that we have now has a lot of scenes cut from it, plus a happy ending. Oh, man, I feel like I would have loved it because <laughs> I, I loved know. how weird this movie was. I really enjoyed what they made the witches look like. The witches looked scary. They were gross. Yes. It was just so funny the way they were able to hide things underneath gloves and wigs and like a face peel. It was such a great effect. There's also that scene in the beginning with the painting. Always weirded me out. Always. The movie is really scary when they let it be scary. Yeah. I was like, there are things that like I as an adult was like, wow, that's very fucked up and like a pretty scary thing to happen. Yeah. The Jim Henson like prosthetics are incredible. It's so, so grotesque good. looking. So good. And so I was like, I want to see the cutting room floor version of this oh, movie. I, I want to see I wish all they would the release creepiness. it. Yeah, it's like an adult version of The Witches. The Witches, unrated. <laughs> I do want to touch on the remake with Anne Hathaway a little bit. We should. They could have made the remake creepier, but they didn't, in my opinion. I actually feel like the remake is a little more sanitized than the original. Definitely, yeah. It feels more energetic. It kind of reminds mm -hmm. me a little bit of Oh, that movie with the stupid hamsters in space. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. We'll look it up. But there's some movie that came out not too, too long ago in the 2000s about some hamsters. And they're just these CGI hamsters that have a lot of energy and they're always dancing around. And you know that they, they made these little characters so that they could be used in commercials and fun stuff like yeah. that. And that's what it reminded me of. It didn't give me any of the creepy vibes from the original. Maybe the scene with the snake woman in the in the drugstore, but that's about it. I would agree. I think that the prosthetics aren't quite as scary. They use a lot of CGI. I think even with like Anne Hathaway's Grand Witch that she transforms into with her like scary looking mouth <laughs> and whatnot, it feels really CGI to me. I appreciated that they expanded on the witch appearance. They do the big nose, the big nostrils. They do her giant mouth. And they show their toes. I, I think they spend more time showing the feet in this one than the original. Was that all in the book? Or was any of that made up? I think all of that was in the books. I think the like ability to smell children, the square feet... Definitely the wigs and the baldness, like that was definitely part of it. In the remake, they only have three fingers, which I don't think is in the book. I think in the book, they just have like the claws like they do in the original. Okay. Yeah, which I know was like, it was kind of controversial when the remake came out that they did a three-fingered claw. I think for the most part, though, they were the same, the purple eyes too. I loved the nostril effect in the remake. Yeah. The nostril effect was cool and cute. Yeah. I liked that too. It was funny. But again, like very CGI. I definitely prefer the Jim Henson approach to the effects in the movie. But I really, really thought Anne Hathaway played this role really well. I really liked her as the Grand yeah. High Witch. She she did good. She she was going like high vampy 
vaguely Eastern European. <laughs> like, it was so fun. Like, you could just tell she was having a lot of fun with the role. I mean, of course, I love Angelica Houston's take on it as well. I think they both did a great job. I just think the approach to the mood of the original movie is what I prefer. I think that the remake feels like it's more for children. Like it feels like it was a movie that was made with its audience, maybe a little more in mind. And so they tweaked some things to make the story like be a little more appealing to kids. All of the scenes with the mice feel very like, honey, I shrunk the kids kind of hijinks. You get some mouse scrambling in the original you know a lot of underfoot action or whatnot yeah g-force that's the hamster movie i was thinking of do you remember that coming out no are they guinea pigs or are they hamsters i don't know one or the other same thing i'm wondering where the title is coming from are they big hamsters do they look big no i think they're just normal hamsters and uh they're like spies that go on an adventure it has a pretty good cast it's just goofy looking like it looks like it's made so that it can be used in a pepsi commercial later or something and that's kind of how i felt about the mice in the remake yeah i I mean and the only reason why i know about this movie just so we're clear is because i was a teacher at the time so the kids the kids were into it g-force made 300 million dollars in the box office dude that's so sad. <laughs> I'm so confused. Like, I feel like I should have heard about this movie. <laughs> yeah. It was they made a, a video game. One not to miss, apparently. <laughs> it has Steve Buscemi and Bill Nye in it. I mean, that's kind of cool. But it's just one of those movies that I I saw the commercials and I was like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> I refuse. I think my niece and nephew were pretty little at the time, too. And I was like, no, we're not watching this. <laughs> This movie was directed by a director who has made no other movies. Is he real? He made nothing before G-Force and nothing after. (laughs) He made his magnum opus and he was like, I'm out. Got to end on a high note. Okay. One one last comment on G-Force and then we'll get back to the witches, guys. If you go to the Wikipedia page for G-Force... I love that there's that little warning at the top of the plot that says this section's plot summary may be too long or excessively detailed (laughs) because (laughs) someone went in and wrote every single part of the plot. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Does it look like something you want to watch with uh, Baby Smith? No. I think I'm going to give this one a miss. What did you think about the setting change for the remake? I think... It made sense. I felt like it was very unusual that there were three different settings or potential settings in the original with starting in Norway with the grandma and then stopping over in England on the way to America. Even as an adult, I'm like, that's interesting. I mean, it's very logistical. Like, oh, well, we're going to have to fly into England anyway. Might as well vacation first. But I think that setting it in America in the remake Made a lot of sense. And I really liked that they're at like the Alabama coast. It was uh, not expected, but I really loved Chris Rock's opening. I thought he was great. Yeah. You know, much maligned Chris Rock. I liked his narration. I thought it was good. Is he maligned? I mean, by some people. If you go to the wrong parts of Twitter. I really like Chris Rock. 
that bums me out to hear people don't like him, but maybe it's just <laughs> a generation gap. Yeah, I like Chris Rock. I think his narration was good. I liked that he was in here. I think Octavia Spencer is great in this movie. She is, but I have a hard time picturing her as a grandma. She just looks so young to me. She does. I think that in contrast in the original, the grandma looks like she's like 87. And then it turns out she was only in her 60s when she filmed this movie. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's actually like wrinkled and she just looks older. Like Octavia Spencer looks great. Octavia Spencer looks incredible. She's not, maybe it's because she's not smoking cigars like the grandma in the original. (laughs) Okay. What? Why? What is that? Is that in the book? (laughs) I don't remember. That's what I want to know. I can't believe not only is this grandma just busting out cigars to smoke or cigarillos or whatever they're called because they're like kind of the smaller ones, but she's also doing it inside of a closed hotel room right next to her grandson. Yeah, in the 80s. People were not good with that stuff. No. And she's not even the bad guy. I know. She's it makes like, no sense. Grandma. And you never see women in general smoking cigars. That's just not a thing you see. I know. I know. This makes me want to go back and like buy like a big collection of like Roald Dahl like books and like read them all because I'm curious. There, I mean, there's so many idiosyncratic things that his characters do that I would not be surprised if I read it and it was like, oh, yeah, this yeah. Norwegian grandma who – believes in witches also smokes cigars whenever possible (laughs) one last thing i noticed was a departure from the original movie the pet mouse that luke has is actually a child not just a normal mouse that's creepier that it's an actual child it is it's like oh shit this is happening everywhere or like it makes you question every mouse you ever see are they all just former (laughs) children in the original he has those two little albino mice and I do think it's really cute when they're transformed into mice and they run into them and they're like hey guys we're we're mice now too and then the mice are just like squeak squeak and then they're like I I guess they can't talk and then they just like run off and I was like okay so they're like human mice can talk regular mice cannot talk I thought that was some cute little thing in the original I guess back to the 1990 film I want to ask you Kate who the fuck offers a snake as a gift to a child Uh, obviously a witch I mean you don't even need to know what a witch is to just know you probably shouldn't take snakes from strangers I just I found that so funny when she approaches him with a snake as if that's just a normal thing to give to a kid. It's so funny. I, on the one hand, think that most children would probably be a little wigged out if someone offered them a snake. On the other hand, I, <laughs> the witch does say, little boys love snakes, and I do believe that. Yeah, I mean, I like snakes, but she did also have those purple eyes. I don't know how you could miss that. The purple eyes are such a giveaway. Yeah. It's like when vampires change, their eyes get blue, right? In some of the movies we watched a couple seasons ago. But in this, like you see somebody with glowing purple eyes, 
you're going to stay away from them. That's not normal. Right. I could only imagine like the most naive of children, Mr. Bruno (laughs) in this who's like, I'm just here for the chocolate. The chocolate. Oh my God. This one note kid. He's so obnoxious. He's so obnoxious. He's only interested in food. As a mouse, as a little boy, he's just like, food, food, food. His parents are terrible. His dad's just hitting on the Grand High Witch the whole movie, which, like, it is Angelica Houston, but, like, in front of his wife. I know. The whole movie. Horrible. They really don't seem into having children. They seem like the type that are, like, children are better seen and not heard. And maybe sometimes even not seen. Very much so. I also love how Mr. Bean hates children. He hates children and mice. Yes. Is this a thing with Roald Dahl? Like, did Roald Dahl hate children? Because some of his (laughs) books, man, just put kids through the ringer. I think that he does have a lot of characters where adults, like, openly hate children And that there are also some, like, kind of hateable children. Yes. I think he's just, like, willing to show that. Like, I think that he's like, oh, kids can handle this. Kids can handle reading about this because it's true. Like, there are some adults that are just like, please get out of my vicinity. I would like to never see you. I was thinking it's also really nice, actually, to show that kids can persevere. Kids can figure this out and deal with hard things in their lives. I mean, at the start of this movie, Luke loses his parents. His parents die and he's just living with his grandma now. And that's a reality for some kids. Like some kids like have that happen where it's like for one reason or another, they end up living with their grandparent because their parents aren't around. I always like that about world doll story. I I like how dark some world doll stories are. I mean, because we say that they're dark, but then when you kind of like look into it where it's like, yeah, that's like a negative thing, but also it's a thing that a lot of kids experience or like teaching Mm -hmm. kids empathy, like about that at least. I truly enjoyed the adult versus child era of the 90s, I want to (laughs) say. I mean, I grew up on Nickelodeon and it was all kids rule, adults drool, right? And that's that's sort of like a vibe, I feel, that comes through here. Not through specifically this movie, but Road Doll in general. It feels like he hates children, but he's <laughs> he's really putting them in these situations so that they can shine. Yeah, and they do shine. I mean, his grandma wants to just get them out of the hotel. She's like, we should leave. Like, we should get out of here. There are so many of these witches here. And little Luke is like, no, there's this potion that will turn them all into mice. Like, all we need to do is get this potion into their food, and then we can get rid of all of the witches in England. Even when he's a mouse, like, he just keeps pushing to continue doing this he's not like oh my god I'm a mouse (laughs) he's like now I'm gonna use my mouse skills to get all these witches turned into mice he is like me he's like cool now I don't have to go to school and I don't have to learn how to drive I do like the kid perspective of the like no being a mouse is great like I'm not gonna have to do any of that dumb adult stuff the thing that kills me though I mean this one has a happy ending but towards the end when Luke is still a mouse he asks his grandma 
grandma, how long do mice live? Yes. And then the grandma just ignores it and just uh, like starts talking about something else. And I was like, oh God. You haven't thought of that. going to die in like two years. That's what I was going to ask. Are these kids going to age at the rate of mice or of human? I don't know. I imagine that they're going to die in a couple of years. That's right. Guess. That's yeah, what I, I thought too. It'll be like some sad Benjamin Button shit. Like in a few months, he'll be a teenager. <laughs> I applaud his rise to heroism. They're going to steal all the money and the potion and the witch address book and find every witch. I like that they're potentially going to go on to become witch hunters in America. Yeah. This little boy and his grandma. I think that's pretty great. Can we talk about how much money these witches must have in oh order gosh. to finance their plan? It's crazy. Yeah. Where do they get their money from? What do they do to make money? Or or do they just materialize it? Right. I'm like, learn more about that, kiddo. Like, they have so much money that Ava, the Grand High Witch, says, I want all of you, hundreds of witches, to quit your jobs and go buy out candy stores. And I'll give you enough money to offer them 3x what their store is worth to guarantee that they won't say no. And I was like, how do you have millions of dollars just to execute this scheme to kill children? It is a lot of work, and I don't understand the payoff because it seems like the only problem with kids is that they smell bad. They smell like dog shit. I know. Isn't that so funny? (laughs) It is so funny. But like... It's not like they can suck the life out of them like they do in Hocus Pocus. I know. They just have this vendetta. They just have this lifelong antagonism against children. I will accept. I accept it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You're allowed to just hate children. I think it's hilarious. It's just pure hatred. Yep. They don't give a reason. Yeah. Rewatching it this year because it had been a long time since I had re-seen it. Oh my God, that scene when the baby carriage is careening over the seaside cliff. I started laughing so hard. (laughs) These witches are just cackling and like watching it and not helping and just enjoying the idea of this baby falling to its death. I had so many questions about this scene. Why was this woman taking a nap with her baby like (laughs) just perched on a hillside next to a cliff? In a bassinet with wheels, right? Like what a lot of bad choices there. And then the witches are like gathering to like point and laugh at this baby like falling down the hill like wouldn't people notice and be like what the fuck is happening what's wrong with you and nobody's helping luke who is screaming and like running away from this crowd of crazy women i really enjoyed the jim henson prosthetics in this movie yes vastly superior to the cgi mice in the remake when they have the mice scenes if the mice are like running around or they're doing a wide shot or something. They're using actual trained mice um, in place of the kids. But then they have these like close-up shots of the mice uh, talking, right? And I had no idea until looking this up that the mice were giant puppets that Jim Henson built. And I was like, what? That's so cool. I love that. The sets must have been so fun because they would have had to enlarge everything, right? Yes. I thought the transformation of the witch, the grand high witch into a mouse was amazing. 
and that oh, mouse she's like puppet a rat yeah yeah it looked it looked just like a skexies i was like ooh this has yes. serious skexies vibes yeah yeah she's just as grotesque as a rat as she is as a witch poor angelica houston 6 plus hours to get into the makeup oh no yes it took yeah it took that long to get all of that makeup onto her and she she has this interview where she said that the day when they were filming the kind of like convention scene where she first transforms into the full witch, the lights were really bright. It, she had spent six hours getting into makeup. And then the shooting day was like 10 plus hours. And she was like hot and sweating and like overheated. And she said that she was like losing track of like what her lines were supposed no. to be. And she was like overheating and she was like, I just wanted to cry. <laughs> oh, like, oh no. no. <laughs> the funny thing about this whole meeting is that it really could have been done over email. Right. I know. Nothing really happens. She berates them for the first half. <laughs> I think and she like kills one of them. For talking back. It's just a power trip. Yeah, it her. totally. I was I was like, they could have done this like in uh, Harry Potter, just sent out a bunch of owls or something or like cats <laughs> right. or I don't know <laughs> to go deliver this information. It's like they don't get why we don't let like the president and Congress in the same room at the same time. Like, do you want your soup poisoned? Because if you do, this is a really good idea to get all of the witches in one place. Did you notice how Luke says soup? Soup. Soup. I did not notice how he said soup. (laughs) It was kind of driving me nuts. He goes, they're putting it in the soup. It's something about the <laughs> at the end. The, the little pop. <laughs> yeah. Soup. Oh, they're look, they're eating the soup. Uh one more thing I wanted to call out before we talk about our age rating for this movie is that a bout of diabetes is actually not a thing, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> Um, do you mean diabetes, as they call it in the Diabetes, movie? yeah. I know. I do think it's funny that the grandma like loves sugar. And he's like, but grandma, you'll die. <laughs> the line read was incredible on that one. I don't think he's particularly a good child actor. His voice acting as a mouse, yeah. much better than his ch- child good. acting. Yeah, I think his, he like never knew what to do with his face when he's in human form. He's kind of just like <laughs> mouth agape. Staring. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know how to act. But I was like, oh, they must have hired him because he's a good voice actor. That would make sense. Yeah, because I mean, he is a mouse for most of the movie. Yeah, that's true. I, I did write down, I thought that he wasn't bad. I was like, oh, he seems like a real kid. But I feel like maybe being a real kid doesn't translate well for a movie. That's fair. I do think that he does things that you're like, oh yeah, kids just do that because he's just doing what little kids do where he's like just like messing with stuff, like like kind of not paying attention because little kids do that, right? They just start touching things when they're like not super interested in what you're saying. Well, Kate, just looking at the 1990 version, what's your age rating for this one? I felt like it would be a seven and up for me. I think that there were some actual things that would probably still freak out younger kids. And I would have to maybe gauge how tough the seven-year-old was. Because <laughs> I do think maybe the mouse transformation scenes 
are a little scary. I think that they would probably overlook the other things, but it's the mouse transformation scenes that are getting me. I would say about the same. I mean, I was just going to say I wouldn't put a limit. I, I don't. I think maybe if you're younger than seven, you probably just wouldn't get it. It might be a little boring. Yeah, I can see that. Due to the plot or the attention span. But I don't think this is a bad movie for a kid to watch. There's really, I mean, there's some, not spooky, but some scary stuff, but nothing that would necessarily give them nightmares. I think maybe some of the prosthetics might be kind of scary, but if you're watching it with them, you can just shut it off. Yeah, I think Angelica Houston peeling her face off is maybe <laughs> the scariest part. But I think that it's it's a movie for kids. And yeah. I think that they did a good job of editing it down to be for kids. So I wouldn't tell a kid that they couldn't watch it. Yeah, but man, I really want to see that rolled doll cut so bad now. <laughs> I know. I know. I wonder if they have any of that footage left. I just like have no idea. Like how often did did they keep cut scenes? They just shot over it with G-Force, I'm sure. Oh, G-Force seems to me like it was uh, just created in a computer. We're going to have to do a special episode on G-Force, the horror of um, bad films. I... And very excited about our craft. We did the same craft this time, like knowingly. Yes, we did. It was a fun little surprise for Hocus Pocus. This time around, we did little mouse cat toys. How perfect is that, guys? I want to see what your cat toy looks like. Okay. I uh, put these guys together out of some felt I got from Michael's. I think I only used like a fourth of a piece of felt and felt is like 40 cents so really really cheap project uh and then some embroidery floss I am familiar with this stitch so it didn't take me too too long but I made one for each cat and I want to say I thought it was going to be harder to keep the cats away as I was working on it and stuffing it full of catnip but they're actually pretty good my laziness was I saw the blanket stitch and I was like "Mm, no (laughs) (laughs) I am not going to do that. I also got my supplies from Michael's. So cheap. I wanted to make little a little albino mouse from the movie. Look at the little eyes, little button eyes. I used button eyes. He's a white mouse with his little pink ears. The stitching got a little Frankenstein-y because I used pink thread, but I thought it was fun and it like made me laugh every time I looked at him. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> Did you actually put catnip in yours? I didn't because I'm not going to give it to a cat. I was thinking about doing button eyes, but I didn't want my cats to choke. (laughs) Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. If I was giving this toy to an actual cat, I would have done some things differently. I actually do think that my Frankenstein stitches are like pretty tough. Um, I just did like a whip stitch, a Mm -hmm. very, very basic stitch. I sewed the ears on, so I think that those would be pretty sturdy. I would not have put buttons on. And I think I may have done something slightly different for the tail. I think I stitched the tail in pretty tight, and I bought twine for it. But the twine I bought, it has this metallic thread woven through it. Complete garbage. The the metallic thread just wants to come off, and almost certainly a cat would get the metallic thread part off, eat it, and then shit out metallic threads. Like it would be gross. Unless it got tangled in their intestines first, but yeah. 
lessons learned. Okay. So (laughs) I feel like I learned so many things doing this. One is you need like no felt for this. You're totally right. I bought pink and white felt because I wanted pink ears and a white body. And I use like, (laughs) I use the tiniest corner for the ears. I have so much pink felt left. The stitching was fine. You can do a whip stitch. I mean, that's really easy to teach kids. That was like one thing I was thinking about is like, how old would I introduce a kid to this craft? And I would say they need to have some kind of like fine motor Mm -hmm. skills for working with a needle. Definitely. Um, Yeah. So maybe a little bit older, like later elementary school aged because it's a little fiddly. Definitely. Yeah. When I was in kindergarten, we did these projects, I don't know, every every month, every other month. But it was it was a sewing project. Everyone got to pick the animal they wanted to make. And what this looked like was two giant pieces of paper with an animal printed on it. And the teacher's aide would punch holes along the sides. So rather than me sewing, because we would sew with a big plastic needle and some yarn, uh, sewing through the paper, I would sew through the holes. So yeah, the yeah, like if you have a really little kid who wants to do this, I think you could you could make this work by making the mouse bigger, give the kid more room to cut with scissors if you want them to cut with scissors, right? If they're learning that, or you can cut it for them. You can get a hole punch. Uh, a, they they make them in different sizes. You can get a small hole punch and just punch the holes around the edge for your kid and they would be able to sew it that way so it wouldn't be as I think tightly sewn but it would work it'd be it would work for a toy and for something that they would get to make themselves it's a fun craft it's really cute it actually came together a little bit faster than I expected it to Mm -hmm. um although I was (laughs) very loose with my stitching I think that the like modifications for little kids are a great idea I thought it was cute I think that my favorite thing that I took away from this was how to stitch little ears like the I thought that the the notch to like then create the fold that you then stitch incredible I was like oh okay if I like have to do ears again, I'm like definitely going to do it this way. Cute little sewing project. Well, next week we are continuing through our Fear Street mini sews. So join us for that. We have some great glow-in-the-dark crafts to share with you guys. And we will catch you there. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at NotQuiteDeadPodcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at NotQuiteDeadPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching.